I'm Gareth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Ring Cup is the first winner at Townsville. What a great race it was and what a, uh, what a fantastic track to race on. Courtney finds success for the team. Great to finish on a high and, um, and to reward the guys with a win. And it's not over until it's a lap before it's over. Who's playing this afternoon? We look at that and more today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. For the second Saturday race in succession, it was a shortened event. This time by one lap. The drivers were surprised when they were alerted to the fact during the press conference. Did, Who's did, playing this afternoon? <laughs> yes, that's right. Did, 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 did the rest of the field get the chequered flag? Uh, can't answer that, but <laughs> the uh, results here are shown at uh, lap 71. Well, so three, race six. finishes when the chequered flag's out, I thought. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> Last time, the reason for shortening the event was because the organisers did not allow for the Northern Territory being on Central Australian time. This time, no reason other than teething problems was offered. Saturday's race, though, was once again won by Jamie Winkup, the victory giving him his eighth successive street race win. Yeah, hey, um, that, that's a bit of history there, because I, I believe this event's going to be around for a long time, so to get that first, uh, first victory, as I say, it's a bit of history and um, something we're proud of. Lee Holsworth and James Courtney, who shared the front row, all suffered mechanical dramas, which allowed the HRT duo of Davison and Tander to eventually get onto the podium. But shrewd pit work by Triple Eight Racing gave Wink up the edge. Um, I was just able to, to come through the pack, um, get a nice comfortable lead. Um, there are a few little ups and downs in the middle there, but uh, today was just about car speed and fantastic teamwork by Team Vodafone. Davison was happy to finish in second position. At the end there, with about 20 laps to go, we had a, an oil surge issue, and uh, I was able to hang on to the finish with you know Garth doing a nice move on uh, on Crusoe, and uh, just had enough time. Otherwise, I think Garth would have snuck through with a couple more laps. Tander, not wanting to force his way, settled for third place. You know, given where we both are in the championship, it certainly wasn't going to be a big move to get through if, if the opportunity was there, I would have taken it, but um, I wasn't going to compromise both our races. Sunday, and it was James Courtney who finally tasted victory for the Jim Beam Racing team. Brian Freddie could show you that we've had, had the speed and just uh, you know, so many things you know, have gone wrong over the last more so six months. Um, you know, but... You know, to come away with the result, it's good. Um, like we were saying before, people have been throwing a lot of junk our way and it's just lucky I'm, uh, I'm you know, pretty slippery and it all slides off. So um, you know, I never lost confidence in myself or in the team and, and um, you know, this weekend we showed that you know, we are one of the top running outfits and um, you know, as a team, Jim Beam Racing is only going to get stronger. With Wink Up gaining solid points coming home second. We got a fairly early indication that... Uh, James's race pace was uh, 
was very, very fast. Um, so it was all about track position for us on trying to get in and out of the pits and uh, try to get in into, into the uh, in front of him. Tandra was again happy with third. The HRT driver still not prepared to say it's Wing Cup's championship to lose. As long as we keep finishing near him, we'd like to be in front of him, but as long as we keep finishing near him, then uh, the championship will still be alive. The points after 12 races looks like this. Jamie Wing Cup on 1,560, Will Davison on 1,386, Garth Tander on 12,12, Craig Lowndes on 1,110. Stephen Johnson rounds out the top five. He's on 1,050 points. Then it's Lee Holt. Worth on 933, Mark Winterbottom on 957, Rick Kelly in 903, Russell Ingle, he's got 830 points with, of course, a 10-point penalty taken away from that score, and Michael Caruso, 828 points. For the Townsville organisers and V8 Supercar, the event was a huge success with a large first-year crowd, larger in fact than the first year of the Clipsal 500, 165,000 people flowing through the gates. James Courtney said the atmosphere was very different to the southern races. Yeah, it's um, I don't know, everyone's so polite up here. It's um, it's been yeah, everyone feels so grateful that we've come up to to give them an event and and um you know it's great to reward them with a you know a great weekend's racing and tony cochran the executive chairman of v8 supercars said the crowd was well above estimations i just am blown away i mean it's hard for me but i'm nearly speechless shane howard said that v8 supercar events had already started the debriefing process and identified areas of improvement which are being taken up with the City Council. We've already started negotiations with uh, Townsville City Council um, about getting some permanent uh, sewer outlets in here so we can put some decent toilet amenities in and, and uh, you know, get a better result from those temporary ones. In the Fujitsu Series, race one went to James Moffat from Jonathan Webb and Dave Russell. The inverted race specialist Grant Tenure won race two with Webb again second and Moffat third. While in race three, it was a forward sweep of the podium with Moffat back on top, Daniel Gaunt and, and David Russell. The points from the weekend saw Moffat take the round win ahead of Jonathan Webb and Grant Denyer. The championship... Jonathan Webb's on 774 points, David Russell on 754 points, James Moffat on 689 points, Grant Denyer on 642, with Shane Price running in fifth place on 561. And before this week's roundtable, congratulations to Mark Webber on his first ever GP win. You have to love the Aussie larrikin in him as he thanked everyone who got him to the top. Everyone in Australia that uh, supported me on the way through and uh, of course there's a few people that doubted me as well, so hello to them as well. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders after the break. Gordon Lomas and Briar Gunther. Then we look at settling in V8 racing in this week's White Flag Lap. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen from the Stone Brothers Racing SP Tools. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. 
Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, where this week joining us on the line, a man who's a very proud Queenslander, none other than Gordon Lomas from V8X Magazine. Gordon, it was a fantastic weekend, wasn't it? Oh, it sure was, Craig. You know, um, to say it was an unmitigated success is to state the bleeding obvious, I guess. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the crowd figures speak for themselves. You know, the event was rewarded for the amount of people who turned up, and that was uh, 168,000-odd people, which was more than the first uh, Clipsal race in 1999. It was prior for many of the southerners and a great opportunity to get away from the cold. So how much more popular is this race going to be once word gets out how good it was? Uh, well, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think next year they'll have a, there'll be a lot of people who are going back home and, and telling all their, their friends how good it was. However, I dare say a, a fair bit of it this year would have been um, a bit of sort of uh, interest and, and sort of heading there just because it was the debut event. So I think next year the crowd numbers will be strong, but you'll probably find it will be um, a, a, a different lot of fans attending. With the way the racetrack was laid out, it was a very good track for V8 supercars, obviously designed purposely for them. And Gordo, one of the big things was it had racing like a normal natural terrain road course. It wasn't like a start-stop Canberra, was it? No, look, I mean, one of the big advantages was that they basically started from a greenfield site, if you like. They, you know, they started with uh, two main roads to uh, to work off and then, you know, 80% of the track was purpose-built and that's half the battle. I mean, there were very, very few compromises built into the layout of the circuit, which is what hampers most street tracks, like, you know, Indy and, to a degree, um, uh, Adelaide and certainly Hamilton, where you've got, you know, streets and buildings to contend with. Um, but not so in Townsville. I mean, you know, the, the, the track itself promoted, you know, quite good racing, I, I thought. It presented well on television. Um, and if you really look at the intricacies of the, of the layout, the 2.8-kilometre track itself, the only criticism that you could level at it is that at certain points in the track... You know, the distance between A and B may be a bit short, but that's, you know, that's sort of clutching at straws a, a bit, I guess. But the overwhelming, you know, uh, uh, report about the track is that it was, uh, you, know, you know, reporting from the drivers. They all enjoyed it. No one really had a complaint about it, apart from the surface in a few spots breaking up here and there. But uh, that'll certainly be fixed for next year. And, of course, Briar, the big thing for the punters that went there, more than expected, but the facilities were, you know, they, they were there and abouts, and already Shane Howard has been saying, we're talking to the council, we're looking at outlets so that almost a permanent style of uh, toilet system can be dropped in at, uh, and drop-shipped into, uh, into the event so that the amenities for next year are going to be able to cater with such large crowds. Absolutely. As you, you said, um, there were a few some places. Uh, they, they have already identified that there weren't enough pedestrian walkovers across the track and um, toilets were also a bit of a concern and that was just due to the sheer volume. You could tell that a lot of plans had gone into the, the debut event and, um, I mean, everything did work out pretty well. Um, you know, it wasn't like a big major crash, I guess, of all the facilities, but that is correct. Shane Howard has said that they will work with the council to try and get some sewer outlets put in so that permanent toilets can be installed, make it better for the fans, because I tell you what, some of those portaloos get a bit rank after a couple of days. 
Yeah, that's the truth. Now, Gordo, one of the most amazing things I think the drivers really noticed was the layback nature of the fans that were there. It, it wasn't that harsh in your face atmosphere that they do have to uh, contend with at Clipsal, at even uh, Surface Paradise, where it's uh, got a completely different feel to it. Yeah, I guess, you know, that's uh, in keeping with the style of North Queenslanders, I guess. They're really, really laid-back people, and, uh, and you know, that's, uh, that was, you know, reflective in, in uh, the people that turn, turned out. And uh, the, the drivers were, you know, it wasn't one or two of them. They were all saying it, how, how well-behaved the fans were and, and how they really appreciated, you know, sort of, you know, getting, uh, getting autographs and, and getting a little bit of a chat with them and, and all that sort of stuff. So I guess, um, uh, you know, we discussed it uh, while we are up there. A lot of the people there probably haven't travelled to a race before. So, you know, in a sense, they were on their best behaviour and, um, and, and they were probably a little bit overwhelmed by the company that they, uh, they had. Mm. Well, getting down to Tintax now and the racing, Briar, in the first 198-lap event, uh, kilometre event, it was Jamie Wincup who took the victory ahead of Will Davison and Garth Tander, the HRT duo, there and abouts, but it was really uh, Jamie Wincup's race to lose after the disappointment of Lee Holsworth, the pole sitter, and uh, a man I know, Gordon, did a, a great story on for Big Pond, in fact, which was James Courtney, and both those guys were just so disappointed disappointed on Saturday night, knowing that uh, through no fault of their own, the race had slipped away. Absolutely. I mean, had you sort of logged on after the race, not watched the race and, and got on the computer afterwards or watched the results afterwards, you would have gone, oh yeah, Jamie Wincup won again. But, but you, what you wouldn't have realised is that there were actually two really contenders who, who could have won that race. But unfortunately, they both had engine dramas. That was Lee Holdsworth first, and then uh, James Courtney was was uh, leading the race, and um, and then he also had the same sort of difficulties. So you know, I mean, Jamie sort of was handed the race winner, I guess. Uh, I guess a little bit, but um, look, there were definitely two other really strong contenders who um, who quite easily could have won it had their cars not malfunctioned. Now, Gordo, the HRT, the Red Empire, really on Saturday took their claim for the rest of this season, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I mean, uh, they, they were certainly uh, certainly among the best of the rest chasing the uh, chasing the triple eight built Falcons. Um, but you know, you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned James there with uh, on Saturday with the engine problems. Um, you know, curtailing uh, his race early, unfortunately. The thing about uh, James and the story of the weekend was was how dominant he was. We all know he won on Sunday, but in every session, bar that Saturday race, he was completely and utterly dominant. And uh, and you know, um, I think you, I think this this ap absolutely indicated that. Uh, uh, Townsville was the turning point for James as a V8 driver. Well, we certainly, uh, for the Dick Johnson Racing, Jim Beam Racing fans, have been waiting for it to happen. And he's had brain fades, he's had mechanical dramas right throughout the year that has really cost him. But uh, when he puts it all together, the team is giving him a rocket ship. There's no no question about that. I mean, it was just it was just a matter of all the all the cards falling his way, and they certainly did on the weekend. And uh, it's not that he'd been doing a bad job, uh, you know, uh, in times gone by. I mean, we all know the speed's been there, but through one thing or another, um, the results haven't come his way. But I think uh, everything's starting to line up now, and it's onwards and upwards for James Courtney. All right, now let's talk about a couple of the other notable runners 
in the Saturday race before the break and that of course was uh, Michael Caruso another top five finish behind Craig Lowndes then Russell Engel a very strong performance up into sixth position with Rick Kelly also showing some more good speed and finally getting a finish yeah well I mean Rick was sort of you know aiming for a, a bit higher but um you know I think he ended up getting overtaken by a few of the cars towards the end that the other um Drivers, that is. Now, Michael Caruso, he, he really stepped up to get that um, five result. I mean, you know, it, it looked like it was going to be Lee's race at the very start. Of course, he'd got his first pole of his career, and um, everything was looking on track to be a, a Gary Rogers uh, day. But unfortunately, when he had that engine failure, Michael really stepped up to the plate and, and up um, that race win that he had at Darwin. So, you know, um, all power to him as a, as a young, upcoming driver. And um, then, of course, you had sort of the old guard with Russell Ingall, who, um, yeah, of course, finished sixth. Mm. Now, Gordo, I mentioned it was the uh, 198 uh, race because it that's two races in a row. I know uh, that is, you know, the last time it was unexcusable when they got the time zone wrong. This one, they're going, oh, it's teething problems. We had a few extra safety cars there. But really, we've got to do something about uh, either the start time or... The uh, getting the uh, race to getting the extra half hour V8s are going to have to get that extra bit of time. It's not as if there's a football game on seven on a Saturday afternoon. No, look, there's, there's, uh, it's a little bit more in-depth than a, a lot of people are probably thinking. Um, and I'm not trying to defend the decision because uh, certainly uh, it was a bit of a shamozzle on Saturday because, you know, the drivers were, to were told after the event that uh, it was cut one lap short and then, you know, they, were, they, they actually completed 72. So what happens if someone threw one into the fence on lap 72? The lap did, didn't count. Guess what? Jim Richards well. jumps up on the control tower and says, you're all a pack of assholes. That's what happens when it gets counted back. Exactly. Now, they changed it back to, um, uh, to 72 laps, and then they changed it back again to their original decision. So, you know, it was a bit of a schmozzle, but... Uh, but you know, we can all be critical of this time deal here and there and because, it, you know, it's Channel 7 and football and whatever else. But it's not but, football. But There's no football on 7 on Saturday. No, 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 but what I'm getting at, don't forget that it, it's more than just domestic television. It actually comes in... It, it, it's got to fall in line with international satellite TV times. So that's another factor that not a lot of people take into account as well. Yeah, well, the two people in Bahrain that watch it, they'll be happy that they got to see that last lap, I'm sure. Guys, we're going to have to take a break, and we'll be back with more of the V8 Insiders right after this. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au, or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Tony Delberto from Rod Nash Racing. You're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Townsville is the uh, certainly the topic of the moment. And in race 12, it was a 
first win for James Courtney in 2009. And uh, I reckon the crowd absolutely loved it because he is probably the highest profile driver, Briar Gunther and uh, Gordon Lomas, both with me, Craig Revell and Briar. He certainly has the profile and he's in a car that the northern Queensland as well. That might be Bundy country, but they, they do like their white spirits up there, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, look, there's, there's been a lot of pressure on James, particularly since he switched from, from Stone Brothers last year. You know, he, when he, he came across to, to the V8s, he was lauded as a you know international star in the making. And um, there was a, a lot of expectations from him. And, of course, you know, he only had that one race win last year at Queensland Raceway. So, you know, the, the shift across to Jim Beam Racing and the rumoured $1 million fee for the year... Uh, all that has, has heaped a lot of pressure on him to perform. And, um, and as Gordon said, for one reason or another this year, he just hasn't been able to, to get those results. And, in fact, his um, teammate Steve Johnson's been running rings around him. So, you know, he can't win. And, and I think also it's a bit of a mental thing as well. So now that he's got that breakthrough win with that team, um, you know, he can now go about um, more results. And, and as you said now, you know, yet the sights now are on race wins. They're not on, on the championship. That's pretty much out the door. I think he's somewhere like in 17th place at the moment on the championship. And, um, you know, and Bathurst is the uh, the target. He, he's really got his sights set on Bathurst. Mm. And, of course, Gordon, uh, as we well know, you and he live uh, quite close together there. And uh, you're not his new sparring partner. He doesn't just cycle down the road and you two uh, duke it out for a few minutes there as part of his fitness regime now? No, no uh, James has actually asked me to join his, uh, his, his cycling uh, peloton, if you like, but uh, they're a little bit too good for me. I can, I can do about 15 k's, but they do about 100 so, of the morning, but, uh, but no, certainly not. But, but look, James, uh, you know, you talk about handling the pressure and this and that. There's, there's certainly one thing that James can do. He can handle the pressure. I mean, he's won championships overseas in Europe and, and England and, uh, and wherever else and, and, and karting, you know, karting world championships in, in Europe. You know, uh, he was a Formula One test driver. There's no, no question about handling pressure. And uh, I, th- I really genuinely think that was the icebreaker for James on the weekend. You know, he admitted himself. He'd forgotten about that win at Queensland Raceway last year. That's history. That's in the past. You don't, you don't gain anything by looking over your shoulder. So, you know, I think it's... I, I really think that you will see James Courtney visit the winner's podium regularly from now on. Mm. Now, Jamie Wincup, Garth Tander, sitting on the podium. Wincup continuing to get good points and it's good to see someone like Courtney going out there saying I'm going for race wins because in this week's white flag lap guys I was astounded at how many times second and third over the weekend were saying oh well I didn't want to throw it away or I didn't want to bump him to take a position that's not how I roll and uh, of course uh, well Wincup had his moment of bumping a bit further on Saturday but uh, both those drivers they're still getting points and Garth was quite caged wasn't he uh, Briar when he said oh no no it's not Jamie's championship to lose yet anyone can uh, still win this thing have hit the nail on the head as you said you know the second and third drivers weren't really out to to take a chance and bump each other off the track um because they are still in championship contention so had you had others like james courtney up there you would have seen a bit more passing at the front Mm. davison finished fourth which was another good result for him gordo but stephen johnson who'd been sick on the weekend, he managed to pick up a fifth, and that was two good solid performances by Stephen, knowing that James was at the front of the field as well. Yeah, look, I mean, he's, he's done a great job all year, Junior. You know, I mean, 
he was what third in the in the points there for for a long long time and uh and you know he climbed off his sick bed from saturday night and uh and that was just a remarkable result his way back through the field and uh and finished fifth there behind uh behind his teammate who won the race uh i mean St- steve hasn't had a lot of credit for what he's done over the last few years i mean he's by and large he's outshone whatever teammate he's had and uh and hasn't you know, really been recognised for the uh, efforts that he's been putting in. Mm. And certainly on the weekend, you know, I think uh, against adversity, Steve did a great job. Yeah, he, he is one of my favourites. And just the effort he's put in in the last, like you said, two years, losing all that weight, he knew his job was on the line too. Let's not, let's not be realistic. He knows that he's having to sing for his supper. But I think he's, he's put his uh, shoulder to the wheel and he is starting to get some of the... Uh, some of the uh, credit that is due. Guys, time for Gas and Go, brought to you by the V8 Super Survey. It's on at 4X's V8 Supercar web uh, website. And uh, the time is running out, the 24th of July. What a great day that is. It is the 24th of July where you can no longer vote. So if you want your say in V8 Supercar Racing, get on to the V8 Supercar Survey before the 24th of July. As I said, at the 4X, gold. V8 Supercar website and Gas and Go. First question, ladies first, I guess. Brian Gunther, is Courtney now on the podium to stay? Yeah, I think so. Look, I don't know if he'll be exactly consistent, but um, I definitely, I, I definitely think he's up for a few more wins this year. That's for sure. I think I've um, answered that uh, categorically in my previous statements. Absolutely. Yeah, Stone Brothers. They have they taken too big a risk going with the youth, youth policy, Gorda? Look, I don't think it's the youth policy that is a drama this year. Um, you know, Alex Davison finished second uh, in the Sunday race at Darwin, um, and, you know, we all know how good Alex is, um, and we all know how good uh, Van Gisbergen is. Um, I don't think it's the youth policy. They've had major problems with uh, engines. On the weekend in Townsville, they had steering rack problems uh, on Sunday, um, so I think, uh, I really think they've had... Uh, uh, a lot of a lot of stuff behind the scenes, equip, uh, equipment failure, and, and whatever else go wrong that's uh, hindered them. Uh, yeah, well, look, I, I wouldn't say it's a youth policy either, given that you know Alex um, has had a, a first time in in V8 a little while ago. But um, yeah, look, they're they're certainly coming across a, a few dramas, and, and I don't think at the moment it, it seems to be the drivers. As good as it's been mainly mechanical whenever there has been a, a drama in the last few um, events. So. Um, I think Alex is pretty good for another win, and, and even Shane, um, well, I wouldn't say win, but, you know, podium. But um, even Shane um, is, is definitely up there, although he's had a bit of crash and bash at the moment. I know a few of the drivers were having a, a bit of a stab at him after the weekend at Townsville. Mm. Are the drivers, Briar, settling too much for a position rather than pushing for the win? Well, yeah, it certainly seems that way, but um, as I alluded to before, the drivers who were second and third this weekend were those that were in championship contention, and um, and were, you know these drivers are also trailing a bit behind um, Jamie Winkup, so every point to them counts, so it's better having a second and third for them, second or third, as opposed to um, to no points if they crash out. So Yeah, look, I think, uh, I think there's two sides 
response to that uh, that question. Um, uh, there, there are certain circumstances where they where they are settling for a position, and I mean, Garth was a classic example on the weekend. He didn't want to compromise uh, his positions, um, and certainly uh, not his teammates' position in uh, over the weekend. Um, but you've still got drivers like Win Cup and the Courtneys, and uh, and quite a few others who will race and race and race until the cows come home. Mm. Now, pit windows, we saw them officially back this meeting. Should they be thrown back out? Once again, lap five, 15 cars onto pit lane. Oh, look, you know, I, I don't think it was a real issue on the weekend, and um, uh, the jury's still out as far as I'm concerned on that. I, I mean, it, it could go either way. Well, the only with that is that the five laps gives people time to spread out and they're not all coming in at the one time. So that's why if there is a safety car within those five laps, it resets, and on the restart, you have to wait another five laps to pit. So, um, you know, safety's been cited as the reason, and, and it, it did seem to work at, at Townsville. And, you know, I can I can see from VHC because, um, well, I can see where they're coming from, definitely. Mm. Now, in we didn't talk about this in the uh, roundtable, but was the Dumbrell oil dump a Tim Slade moment, perhaps, Briar? Legal, but not sporting. Well, I wouldn't put the two together. I mean, we ha- we have to be careful here that you know Tim get Tim did get cleared of of any wrongdoing from from that moment. Um, what I find interesting is that the mechanical black flag was actually shown for excessive smoke, and not about all the um, the crap that was dribbling down pit lane. So. Um, look, whether it was intentional or not, I just couldn't say. Um, you know, there were quite a few. Um, Team Vodafone fans that were suggesting that, that that was the case, and it was a bit of a conspiracy against the uh, the Triple Eight boys. But um, you know, I, I, personally, I don't think it, there was too much to be read into on that. Yeah, look, I think addressing the question um, as the incident that happened uh, in pit lane at Townsville alone, um, I think uh, one point that needs to be addressed is the fact why was he allowed out by the officials and uh, and the result was that it cost a driver namely Craig Lowndes going back out again and and posting a quicker lap than he'd already posted so and and Craig was good enough to admit that he didn't have a pole car but he certainly was a lot better than uh, than what he qualified I think it was ninth or something like that mm. well thanks guys for your time this evening and uh, well we look forward to Sandown now in a few weeks time that should be an exciting event and uh, back to sort of a track that certainly everyone knows and loves guys we look forward to catching up with you next time. You're becoming quite a, uh, a tandem pair here on the V8 Insiders. Yeah, we are. Uh, we also work at the track together, so we're getting to know each other quite well, aren't we, Cordo? Absolutely, Brian. <laughs> the white flag lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from the Valvoline Cummins team. You're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. 
On this week's White Flag Lap, it seems that although the series keeps changing the rules, makes the cars more competitive, drivers just don't have the mongrel in them that we all expect. Across the two races this weekend, the top drivers were repeatedly saying they were happy with second and third places. And uh, I was able to hang on to the finish. Absolutely tried my hardest and give it 110% and that was good enough for second today, so I have to be happy. Um, I wasn't going to compromise both our races. Uh, very, very happy with second today. Compare this to the last two Formula One races where second place drivers Sebastian Vettel have been less satisfied with that position on the podium. Um, obviously, I know I would lie to you if I if I would say I'm, I'm, I'm very, very pleased with second. Of course, I wanted to win, but uh, you know, yesterday Mark did a better job and that's why to- today he totally deserves to win. He was quicker. Years ago, rubbing was racing. Now it seems that this crop of V8 supercar stars are accumulators, not agitators. Jamie got away and I was stuck behind Todd for a long time and I probably could have biffed him out of the way, but it's sort of not how we roll. So uh, After the restart, I thought I'd have a bit of a lunge and um, <laughs> hooked it down the inside. Um, could have made it a little bit difficult, but that's not how I roll either. Hopefully as we get closer to Phillip Island and Bathurst, they'll be rolling for a win a bit harder than last weekend. My thanks to Gordon Lomas and Brian Gunther. Well, they're two guys that uh, do go for the top step of the podium every time. Until next week, as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.